Welcome to the Back to Me podcast, where we help multicultural incoming freshmen women and men manage their entire college experience throughout post-graduation to successfully transition into entrepreneurship and corporate workspaces as new hires. Back to me. Everyone, it's your host, Yoli Tamu. When was the last time you actually sat down with someone you trust to talk about your financial future? In this episode, we continue to celebrate Women's History Month with nationally recognized tax and accounting strategist, Dr. Cosette M. White, who is affectionately known as the financial physician. Dr. White encourages you to take responsibility for your future now by seeking out financial guidance before you enter college. As a recent recipient of the 2023 Joseph R. Biden Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award for her service in the community, Dr. White discusses the potential pitfalls of owning credit cards and the benefits of developing financial habits that can help you make the most of your college experience. Enjoy. My goodness, it is Women's History Month, and I'm so excited to have another powerful woman with us. She is a financial physician, everybody says. <laughs> I mean, not only is she an acclaimed six-time best-selling author, nationally recognized tax and accounting strategist, international speaker, real estate investor, and philanthropist, we have Dr. Cosette White. How are you, ma'am? I am doing good. Thank you so much. I'm excited about this interview, Yoli. I really am. So I'm good. I'm ready to just like dive in. I'm ready to share this information with our youth, with our parents, with anyone who's actually listening to this podcast show. Like you guys need to make sure that you stick with us all the way to the end because I promise you, I'm going to drop some nuggets. I want you guys to get a pen, grab some paper. Because I want you guys to take some notes, okay? This show is going to be on, it's going to be fire, and I'm dropping gems today, all right? I love it. Yes, I love your energy. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for being with us. So wait, you recently received the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award from President Biden, is that correct? I did. Less than two months ago, you guys, I did. And it is the second one. So like the first time, of course, it was with our president, President Barack. But this time around, yes, this time around, I was caught off guard. I was caught off guard with both of them. But this time when I got the letter, I said, oh, my goodness, I won't ignore this letter. The first time I ignored it, I thought it was just like a hoax. But it's truly an honor, you guys. And it's really for giving back to the community over the years, the hard work that I've been doing and just really, really giving. And that's something that I'm truly passionate about. You know, I never thought that, you know, as an older adult that I would have spent so many years giving back to the community. <laughs> My goodness. And it's an honor to have you. I mean, our listeners are very lucky to have you. So I'm very excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. So now I just want to jump in. Now you are the financial physician. Where did that come from? And who crowned you the financial physician? Of course. So the financial position came about, you guys, and I'm going to just give you a little bit of background about me. Some years ago, long time ago, I got that first W-2. 
And I took it home to my grandmother and I asked her to do the return. And she was like, baby, I'm going to need you to go upstairs and get a pen and get a paper. Come on back down here. and We're going to do this return ourselves. So I did the return. And of course, I got back a little something, which as a 19, 20 year old, it was a lot of money to me at the time, but it really was nothing. But just over the years in working with my clients, the business clients, as well as some of the kids, the students that I've been able to work hand in hand with. And then once I got the doctoral degree, it was just like, oh, we calling you financial physician. It goes hand in hand with what you're doing. You know, you the doctor for our money. So that is really how I became known as everyone's financial physician. I love that. That is so great. And so now when you got into finance, were you influenced by a family member or How did you decide to choose this career or this field? Yes. You know what? That is a really good question. And it goes hand in hand. And what we were talking about before we were having this conversation, it was my 11th grade teacher at Banning High School, you all, Mrs. Paramore, who instilled in me that it was a good idea to take one of her accounting courses. And so I took an accounting course, you all, back in the 11th grade. We're talking about the old school where it was paper. And not this new technology stuff, but when it was paper, but I took Mrs. Paramore's course. She said that if I decided to go to college to major in accounting, she's told me I would always have a job. She said, no matter what I did in life, I would always have a job. And so when I started filling out the paperwork to go to college, That was what I picked. I said business administration. If they had a school for accounting specifically, it was accounting. But, you know, I was one of those students that I never veered to the left and I never veered to the right. I checked that box, business administration, accounting, and I stuck with it, you all. And so to anyone, black and brown, if that's something that you're considering or you want to aspire to be an accountant. There are not many of us in the industry. And so I say, hey, go for it. The world is yours. Go after it. And we would support you. There's some organization, National Association of Black Tax Professionals, NABA, National Association of Black Accountants. There's a lot of different organizations that you can go to. When I was a student in college, I got a scholarship just because I was an African-American student majoring in accounting. So go for it, you guys. Go for it. That is so cool to hear. And I love that you're saying that your mentor was as close as your teacher, you know, and so many students today don't really take advantage of getting to know their teachers anymore. They really don't. And just recently, as of yesterday, I was awarded an award at the California State University Channel Islands. And after I walked off the stage, I had two young ladies come up to me and say, wow, you really inspired me. And so we don't know who we are inspiring, the words that we are saying, what we are doing. But my thing is each one teach one. And if I can inspire just one person, I know that I have done my job. But these two ladies walked up to me and asked, Do you have mentees? Do you have internships? And they ask me, how can we connect with you? Now, I stopped carrying business cards a long time ago, you guys. And this is exactly what I told them, my teaching point to all of you. Connect with me on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, to any of you who are listening to this, you are losing out. LinkedIn is the place to connect and build relationships, you all. I love it. So Instagram is for fun and pictures but it's really going down on LinkedIn. 
Yes, that's where I told the young lady to find me. And guess what? This morning when I got up, I checked my LinkedIn and both of the ladies connected with me. So you all, you make connections on LinkedIn. You know, it's about connecting, building that relationship. It's about credibility, building the trust. And my last C is confidence. Walking into the room, having that confidence, you know, our body language. Are we looking at the individual with eye contact? What is our body posture? What is it telling us? So those are all the things that are important. So, yes. I love that. And then in this day and age when everybody's online, you know, I don't think it's uncommon to drop into somebody's DM, a private message on LinkedIn and introduce yourself. Not at all. Look, you did it. (laughs) Okay. Did I not? Yeah. So, I mean, that's how we, I mean, we have known each other, you all, but she dropped on into my DM and said, Hey, you know, and the conversation, but guess what? LinkedIn is great for connecting, but it's all about taking the conversation offline. And that is exactly what she did. She took the conversation offline and look, here we are today. (laughs) Here we are. Okay. I got a presidential awardee folks. How about that? Powerful woman. Okay. Now on this platform, we service college students in transition and primarily freshmen that are just, you know, going through anxiety and just for that new experience and what that's all about. And, you know, when they hit the college campus, they're introduced to so many things, introduced to the possibility of new credit cards and all kinds of financial opportunities that they need to be aware of. We also service that graduate heading out into the workforce. So them setting up their lives as well financially. So I thought it'd be great to have you to talk about some money-saving practices or some money-saving tips and things to look out for as they enter college and exit. Absolutely. So first thing I want to tell you all, before you even hit the college campus, I want to just advise that you sit down and truly have a heart-to-heart conversation with your mom, your dad, or whomever is that mentor or that leader that you look up to for guidance. And the reason why I want you to do that is because I want you to have an open conversation about finances. Yes, it may be a little difficult for you and or it could potentially even be difficult for that mentor that you have. But I guarantee you that the conversation that you're going to have is how are you going to manage your finances when you leave? You are actually becoming a mature young adult meaning that there are things that you have to be held accountable for, which is our money. Hopefully before you or as you are preparing to head off to college, you have the conversation about what your finances, what are you going to be responsible for, what your parents are going to be responsible for, what the school may be giving you in grants or scholarships. But whatever you are responsible for, we as, and I'm going to say we, (laughs) as your mom, your dad, your mentor, whomever, we expect for you to make sure that you are managing your money. What does that mean? That means being responsible, not going to spend your money unnecessary. Make sure you are a good steward of it. Why? Because as a parent myself, We don't want to have to continue sending you money. We don't want the cause of, can I get some money? Can you send me this? Can you bail me out? We expect for you to be responsible. And I'm saying this as a mother, as a parent, you know, I still have children, they're adults, but I've gone through this. So once you're on that campus, I want you to be leery of your surroundings. And what do I mean by that? When you get to school, when you get to college, you all, There's going to be tons of individuals that will prey on you 
to entice you to start your credit. It's great to build credit, you all, but in order to build credit and when you buy things on a credit card, that means you're asking the bank, you're asking a financial institution, can you borrow money from them? What is the word borrow? When you borrow, that means you got to give it back, right? So if you are going out and you're going to a sporting event, you're going to the college football game and you're using your credit card that you may have, that means it's not free. You have to pay that money back. So I'm saying be responsible about it if you don't have funds coming in, if your parents have not given you a certain allotment, allowance, whatever, so that you can cover that, do not use it, okay? I also want for you to be responsible in the manner of if you and your parents have opened up a checking account, a savings account before you leave to go to school, make sure you check the checking account, you all. Oftentimes, and I see it as I was a parent, I saw it numerous times. You can swipe your debit card and the bank will pay it no matter if there's money in there or not. But what happens to my youth? What happens? Your card will end up in a negative. My son's card was negative almost $600. And he said, they just kept paying it. They kept paying it. I'm like, dude, (laughs) you got to go pay it because they know you got to pay them back. But it was called NSF fees to my students, non-sufficient funds. You don't have the money, but they're going to cover the McDonald's that maybe you swiped your card for, for five, $10. But guess what? You got charged $33. That $33 adds up. Okay, we don't want to burden yourself as a student. You're there to learn, to get an education. You're there to do your studies, do whatever. We don't want to put the financial burden on you. Then you're calling your mom and dad and saying, I went to use the debit card and they didn't allow me to take it. I don't know what's going on, mom, dad. So think about these small things that mean a lot, especially when you are far away from home and you're relying on your money to be in the bank and you go there for an emergency, or maybe you just got off of work, if you are working, you go to swipe your card to get gas, there's nothing in there. So be a good steward of your money. Learn good money habits now in your youth or you know, as you're heading off to, well, you're in college, you're freshmen. But learn good money habits. And because the habits that we form right now, you all that are listening to me, those carry into our adulthoods. You know, I'm in my 50s right now. So the habits I developed then are with me right now. Yeah, I may have gotten better at some of them, but the same habits I had then are the same ones I have now. Seriously, like we mature, we age. So what I'm saying is if you're bad with your money now, you probably will have that. So just watch, be a good steward, pay attention, raise your hand, ask for help attend workshops that they have on the campus, if they have conferences, if you have the money to go, you know, attend the free things, the free things that are available to you on campus, especially to better yourself. Mm, Especially regarding financial literacy. Now, when you're talking about talking to your parents before you even hit the campus, I love that because I'm thinking about money management opportunities or opportunities for conversation. So maybe you can tell me if this is a good habit. Maybe they agree with their parent that this is what's going to be given to you monthly. Now, if it decreases at a faster rate than you anticipated, <laughs> I'm going to need to consider, a, right, either we're going to consider a part-time job 
or just know you're done? Is that a good habit? Like negotiate the monthly? It is about negotiating. That's part of sitting down before you leave to go to determine what's your monthly allotment. You know, how often are you going to give it to me, mom and dad? How would you give this to me? What happens if I run out of money? You know, nine times out of 10, the what if I run out of money doesn't happen. But I want you guys to know that there's consequences, everything in life, there's consequences that you have to face, whether it's, oh, well, I'm not going to put any food in there. I'm going to cut back on the food or, oh, well, then you're going to have to cut back on going to the college games. Oh, well. So there's consequences. If you are not responsible and you use it all up and you don't spread it across the entire month, week, you know, whatever the agreement is and you use it up, then it's not fair to the parent, your mom, your dad to continue to send you money. So let's their mom, their dad, they work. They got you to campus. <laughs> they got you there. They're paying for some things. Let's be kind. Let's be gentle to our parents. <laughs> but it's negotiations, you all. It may sound weird. It may sound strange. It may be like, I'm negotiating with my mom and dad. Yes, you are negotiating with your mom and dad. They said, we've saved. We've got you to the college campus. Now let's get there and do what you are supposed to do. And we're talking about finances today. So. Let's make sure that we are good stewards, manage our money. If that means get a job, then you got to get a job. I can't tell you what that looks like. There are some colleges that say you can't get a job or some, maybe you're on a scholarship, maybe you play football and they say you can't get a job. You have to take all that into consideration. You are a young man, a young woman, and we are treating you as such at this point. Mm -hmm. And when you say good stewardship, do you have ideas or ways for students to even save in college. Yes. I say to all of you, I mean, most of you are probably not working and then there are some that may be working. But if your parents have given you, let's do, I'm given a number, let's say $1,000 a month, then you should ensure that you put something away for an emergency. I don't care if it's an extra $50 that you tuck away every month, put 50, every month, put 100. Whatever you can put away, if you could put the vast majority of it and then so that at the end of the school year, you treat yourself or spring break or these things, you treat yourself great. Can that happen? Yes, but you have to be very diligent about it. And it's really just about being responsible. And that's the whole thing that we want to see you be responsible because the mistakes and maybe not the mistakes, but what happens right now will lead into your adulthood. The financial mistakes you make now. You know, if it's with credit, whatever, it's going to follow you into adulthood. If you mess up your credit now, it's going to follow you into adulthood. It can impact you leaving campus. If you're on campus, maybe you want to get an apartment. It can have an impact on you getting an apartment, especially if you don't know how to manage your money. If you have bad credit, because they look at your credit scores, they look at a lot of different things. So that is why we continue to instill these things in you so that. When you get into the real world, as we call it, <laughs> you're ready. Right. And speaking of credit, I'm just thinking, I was always told it's good if you're going to enter the credit game to get a secured credit card, which means you make the investment. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with that, especially for a student now that I'm older. But had it been years ago, I would say no. And what do we mean by that? That means, say, for instance, you want a credit card with, say, $2,500 on it. That means you would need to put up the $2,500 for the card 
and they hold it as collateral, so to speak, so that if you default, then they have something to fall back on. Or if you close the card and you have a balance, they can take the 2500 that you gave them up front, pay off the card, and then send you the rest of it. So it's a good way to build your credit, and it's a good way to manage credit, and it will not allow you to go over a certain threshold because it's only allowing you to use up to the amount that you've put up for collateral. Mm-hmm. So you advise it. If, if you're going to go after a credit card. I don't object to it. I actually don't. You know, and if you're going to do this, it's a rare find, but look for a bank, a financial institution, a credit union that may allow you to accrue interest on the collateral amount that you've put. It's a very rare find, but they're out there. Mm, okay, this is great. And then look for a bank that's national. And what do I mean by that? Like we got our Chase Banks, our Bank of America. You don't want to look for a bank that's just right in your community or in the state. We're in California. You want to make sure that the bank is nationwide. Since you may be away at college, your parents may be in another state. You want to make it easy for the two of you to deposit funds or have readily available. Yes, I understand we have Cash App and Zelle and all of these things nowadays, but I love my debit cards. (laughs) <laughs> they hold you accountable as debit cards. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I love this. Well, this has been great. You have given us some jewels and I always wrap up with final words of encouragement. And I'm just thinking about, like I said, it's, it's their first time, you know, it's the first time for all of us in so many ways for so many things, but definitely for young people in this new environment, seeking to just improve their mindset around money. Is there some final thoughts that you can leave us with to just develop that mindset? I'm going to say to you guys, if you are readers, which hopefully all of you are, pick up some good books. I can't think of any off the top of my head at the moment. Well, unless you go to my website and you you look at all of my books and I do have one, it's called 50 Money Quotes. There's also one 31 Days of Money Affirmations, Wealth, Prosperity and Abundance. But if you're looking for stocks, invest in those types of things, I would actually say, let's take a good look at what's on Amazon and do some reading. There are some great books out there on how to invest. There are some great books on there on how to become a business owner. There are some great books on what is investing. So I'd say that would be the direction that I would steer you in. And once again, I mean, look for a financial mentor. We, and I'll say myself and some of my colleagues, we do mentor individuals in your capacity, students. Mm, excellent. Excellent. I think you have a workshop. What's it called? Financial Literacy for You? Financial Literacy Workshop. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Well, I thank you so much. Can you give us your IG? Are you on Instagram and maybe your website? Yes. So first of all, you guys can follow me on all social media outlets at Cosette M. White. My website, one of them is CosetteMWhite.com. You can also follow me on YouTube at Dr. Cosette M. White, but I keep it pretty consistent across the board so that it makes it easier for you guys. Cosette M. White. And then there's always LinkedIn. <laughs> Dropping those DMs. You dreamt, I'm telling you guys, if you're not on LinkedIn, especially my students, you guys are the future. You are the ones that will be looking for the jobs. You all will be looking to get your feet wet, network, connect, and collaborate as much as possible and make those connections. We know that you're students. We know that you know, you're supposed to be into your books, but get a LinkedIn account if you don't already have one, to our students. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Cosette. Wow. Yes, you are so welcome. Really appreciate you being with us. Yes, thank you. Okay. 
Well, we're going to talk very soon and I appreciate your time and congratulations again to you and yeah, continued success. I appreciate it. We're going to talk. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Identify someone you can trust and start protecting your financial future today. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me podcast, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our book club and other special events, join the Back to Me podcast Facebook group or simply text Back to Me to 833-206-4565. Until next time, be well. Back to me. Turn it around, I'm back to me